Cambridge 105 Radio. Welcome to this week's From the Pavilion podcast. Ollie Slack and Nathan Johns bringing it to you. Thanks for tuning in as ever. You can share it as well on social media at FTP Cricket 105. We're on Twitter and Facebook. Great show this week, talking county cricket, the 100. Also, as ever, local cricket as well. Lots of local content this week. Cup competitions up for grabs still. Nathan's with me, finished his 100 gig. We're going to have a bit of a chat about it, though, because there were a couple of local players involved over the past few weeks, Nathan. Yeah, it was really good to see, actually. Um, we'll start with the victorious one, Emma Jones, who goes to Cambridge Uni. She wasn't picked up initially by the Oval Invincibles at the beginning of the tournament, but I think there were some injuries there. So she got called in for the last couple of games as, as bowling cover. She didn't get on the pitch, sadly, but she was part of that winning squad. Um, and she's really young. I think she's only going into her second year of uni, so that would have been a really good experience for her. I'll be chatting to her at some point about that and getting some really cool insight there. It was just, it was, I was at Lords on Saturday. It was just really cool to see her, you know, a familiar face wandering around the band <laughs> with a trophy, which is quite quite cool to see. Um, and then, of course, there was Chris Benjamin up in um, up in Birmingham, Phoenix, and uh, he's his meteoric rise to playing barely playing second team cricket to you know in the space of a few weeks going to playing the hundred and. In his first game of the hundred against the Spirit, which I was at, he uh, he played that very now viral reverse reverse ramp that went absolutely miles. So uh, you know he showed what he could do as well, and he got to the final and wasn't victorious. Sadly, his Phoenix lost to the Brave, but uh, you know he was out there in the middle at Lords in a in a in a domestic final in a big competition, which I'm sure you know maybe a month ago he probably wouldn't have seen that coming. No, exactly. And this year he graduated from. Durham University as well, the first class in accountancy. He's had a cracking year, lots of debuts um, over the past few weeks, whether it be for Warwickshire and then, of course, in the 100 for Birmingham Phoenix as well. But he's a, I wouldn't say a Cambridge lad, although I, I spoke to him um, earlier on this week on Tuesday and uh, he was saying it's almost like a second home. He used to live with Michael Pepper, of course, who is a former Cambridge lad as well. And uh, he's Essex, Michael Pepper. But um, when Michael was in Cambridge, Chris used to to come and spend his summers in Cambridge with with Michael. He used to play course cricket for Cambridge as well himself. So there's a, a few few Cambridge connections across the county and domestic scene across England. So great for Chris to do really well in the hundreds of Cracken lad as well. Great to chat to him uh, on Tuesday. And we've got that interview coming up in the the next few weeks as well. And hopefully we'll be getting Emma and Chris together actually with Nathan to have a, a sit down chat really about their different experiences at the, the competition. Um, and then of course when we package that up and put it on the show we'll discuss the the, the pros and cons of, of the tournament and hopefully you'll in, enjoy that. Thanks very much once again for downloading this week's podcast. Hope you enjoy it. As I said share on social media please do let us know what you think why not at FTP Cricket 105 on Twitter and Facebook From the Pavilion on Cambridge 105 Radio Hello, hello, good evening and welcome along to the local cricket show where we ran up all the action from around Cambridgeshire. Yeah, this is From the Pavilion. My name is Ollie Slack. Alongside me is Nathan Johns. Just four shows left, eh? Where's the summer gone? On today's show, we'll recap Sunday's T20 Walker Cup final and the rest of the local action in the East Anglian Premier League and the Camden Hunts Premier League too. We'll be looking ahead to the Invitation Cup final between Abington and Horseheath, the last of the four seasonal CCA Cup competitions. And we'll also be looking ahead to the T20 Blast quarterfinals with County Cricket Matters' Sam Dalling. First one gets underway tonight. And it's the final quarterfinal of the FTP Quiz Cup as Longstanton take on City of Ely. Renewed rivalries between Longstanton and City Vealy. A bit more on that later on. It might not be what you think, though. As ever, if you want to contribute to the show, please do at FTP Cricket 105 on Twitter and Facebook. It's the best place to get in touch on social media. We are live this week in the studio, though, so you can text on 07919 070 490. You can email studio at cambridge105.co.uk too. So thanks very much for tuning in and also if you're listening in on the podcast alongside me is Nathan Johns. Evening Nathan, how are you doing? Very well, Ollie. Can't complain. How are you? Yeah, not too bad. Not too bad. Thank you. Good week? 
yeah, really good week. I managed to uh, managed to nab a ticket to Lords on Saturday night, so I enjoyed myself at that. It was nice to be nice to be in the crowd instead of instead of working for change. So I enjoyed <laughs> that thoroughly. Yeah, it's probably nice just to watch the action rather than watch the action through your phone because you've been creating so much content exactly. over the past few weeks. Exactly. Yeah, and it was a, it was really interesting. Like it is a big difference uh, the experience, obviously, but you know when you're in the crowd, they've you know with the live DJ etc. It really is just much more of a party atmosphere than you realise. Even when you're stood next to the crowd, you don't quite realise just how much of an effort they've put in to really make this quite a quite a big fun experience outside of the cricket. Yeah, of course, talking about the, the 100 finals on the weekend, both the, the men's and the women's finals uh, from the weekend. It was like, like a, a long day, but it was, I guess, no more different to a, a, a final day that you'd normally have on, in the county season. What did you make of, of the action, both the men's and the women's final? Well, if anything, it was shorter, wasn't it? Because, you know, they're shorter than T20s and only the two games instead of the three um, on finals day. I mean, I had a fantastic time watching the, the cricket itself. I always thought the oval in the women's game, if they had 120 with their bowling attack, especially the two South Africans who open up Cap and Ishmael, I thought 120 would be a winning score for them. And I mean, I didn't think that, you know, they the Brave would be none for three or whatever they were, but that was that was quite a game. And then as soon as Liam Livingston got run out in the men's game for the Phoenix, you just you thought that their chances of chasing a pretty big total were were gone wrong. I mean, we've all seen a lot of Livingston recently, but seeing him actually in the flesh and watching him you know, I think he got off the mark third ball by just pulling one off his nose into the stands. He's he's something. <laughs> Standard. He really is something else. Yeah, the Evil Invincible women defeating the seven brave women on Saturday, and the seven brave men defeating Birmingham Birmingham Phoenix men on Saturday. So the hundred is over, but there's still plenty of cricket still to come this summer, including the T20 Blast quarterfinals, which start tonight with Yorkshire Vikings against Sussex Sharks at Chesterley Street. That's because, of course, the Test match has been played at Henley, so Yorkshire can't play there. But joining us to preview the four quarterfinals is County Cricket Matters, Sam Darling. Evening, Sam. How you doing, mate? Good evening, Ollie. I'm very well, thank you. How are you? Yeah, yeah, not too bad, thanks, mate. I bet you're, I bet you're buzzing. I bet you're looking forward to the, the T20 Blast being back on our screens. Oh, yeah, what a week. We've got four games in a row, four nights in a row. I'm very excited to see the return of county cricket starting in, what, 25 minutes' time, if that? <laughs> yeah, exactly that. Not not too long at all. So we've got Yorkshire versus Sussex, Notts versus Hampshire tomorrow, Somerset, Lancashire on Thursday, and Kent Spitfires against Birmingham Bears on Friday. This is this is sort of where the competition gets serious, isn't it, Sam? This Because obviously they played the 14 group games. They're really trying to clinch those four final stay spots yeah they are unless you're Sussex in which case you case you paid out seven Greek games haven't you because they just seem to be rained <laughs> off every true. time they've done very well to qualify uh, having played very little cricket and um, which shows what a strong outfit they are actually and Sam some county players have had a couple of weeks off as well haven't they because of of course the hundred and and the schedule really being pretty naff is that a help for them or is it a hindrance I mean would you rather be a county player who's had a couple of weeks off with your feet up or would you rather be a hundred player coming back from you know being involved in some pretty intense action over the past few weeks oh I definitely think I'd rather have been playing in the hundred in terms if we're talking purely prep for these quarterfinals when did the Royal London group stages finished what just over Thursday the 12th wasn't it most sides played their last game of Royal London I know there were quarterfinals and semi-finals and the final um, but not many of those well none of them uh, the two finalists aren't involved at all so yeah I'd definitely rather have been playing cricket I know it's a slightly different format the 100 but it's a similar 50 over cricket is a very different approach to T20 a lot where you can probably mirror the, the approach to the 100 and the T20 are much more similar yeah yeah absolutely Nathan what about you if you were a, if you were a player who had a, a few weeks off would you be quite glad you've had your feet up for the last couple of weeks or you'd be just desperate to get back into it after you gig the 100 Oh, desperate to get back into it. I think surely. Uh, I don't. I find long breaks can be can be tough to get through, and especially when you're itching the whole time to get in. Now, so 100, percent not a fan of the of the break. Yeah, I can I can imagine players feel the same. Let's start with Yorkshire Sussex. Then that's tonight. Gets underway in what about 20 minutes time. Who are the the key players to to look out for? Who do you fancy coming through this one? Oh, this is a big one, isn't it? I think it being up at Chesterley Street, as you mentioned, Headingley being out of action does change things a little bit in terms of not having necessarily a partisan 
home crowd and Harry Brook was in absolute scorching form wasn't he in the group stage I think he nearly got 500 runs and, and carried it on for the Northern Superchargers I think Lockie Ferguson's missing uh, so that's a shame but both sides are really strong so I think it's hard. I mean on paper like I was looking at their run scorers and they haven't scored as many runs as Yorkshire players but as I was saying they haven't played that much cricket um, and they've got George Garton and they've just got so many good bowlers you know um Archie Lennon and George Garton and Tamar Mills. I mean, I think he's going to go to the T20 World Cup. I was, was I at the second England T20 against Sri Lanka and Owen Morgan was asked about his World Cup squad, but not a completely direct question. And he actually chucked Tamar Mills' name out there. Um, he wasn't like asked about him. He mentioned him expressly. So I'd be surprised if he doesn't go. And yeah, bowling 90 miles an hour left arm quick. I wouldn't fancy facing that. <laughs> I'm not sure many would at all. Moving on to tomorrow night, Sam. Knotts versus Hampshire. Now, they often talk about matchups in cricket, don't they? But I guess everyone's got a matchup against everyone at some point. But in terms of head to head, you've got Alex Hales going up against James Vince. That's a, a really tasty looking battle. And of course, Knotts, the defending champions as well. Do you reckon they're well placed again to, to win it again? Yeah, very well placed. I difficult. I, I thought at the start it'd be quite difficult to see past them. I still can't really. Hampshire, good side. You say Vince is. I mean, he's a wonderful player to watch, isn't he? In good form, and they snuck in there. You'd almost say if there hadn't been the passage of time, you'd think momentum was with them because they snuck through into the quarterfinals quite late, and it's almost the equivalent of a football time sneaking into teams sneaking into the playoffs. You know, you think they've got the momentum, but actually, it's <laughs> so many weeks ago now, it doesn't really matter. So yeah, they've got a good side. Hampshire, but Knotts are just brilliant. I think if they do win it, they'll be the first side to defend the crown, correct me if I'm wrong, and they will match up with Leicestershire as the only side to win it three times. And they're just strong all the way through. I mean, it's been as wise as well. Matt Carter, we saw how well he was bowling in the 100. And also Calvin Harrison, who's come through this year. I remember speaking to Luke Fletcher and he said, it's almost like having an overseas player in your side, Calvin Harrison. He's come from nowhere. So you've got the defending champions, yes, they lost Dan Christian on the eve of the tournament, but they found Harrison, who's not quite like for like. But yeah, you just look at their lineup and think, wow. I thought you said Calvin Harris for a minute then. <laughs> he's shocked. Oh, wow, he's a talented lad. Um, <laughs> quickly run through the last two ties then, Sam. Somerset, Lancashire. Again, it's a classic example here of players who've played together in the 100, Livingston and Smead, who are now going to come up against each other on Thursday. Of course, Taunton being the highest scoring ground in the world, you'd imagine. That'll be a run fest. And then Kent Birmingham as well. Just briefly, those two. Yeah. Is that Will Smead that's come from nowhere, apparently, that no one had ever... <laughs> he'd never played cricket before. According to Wikipedia, Sam, he comes through. from Cambridge, but I don't think that's true. Well, I don't, I don't know. But yeah, it, it, it did make me laugh. I'm referring to the kind of mentioning him scoring runs. Uh, he has been scoring <laughs> runs for Somerset for the last um, season and a half in the T20. It's exciting. Somerset started slowly. Actually, they found they're not the big hitting side they were years and years ago of Pollard, Driscoffit, Keysway to Butler. But what they have found is a team that everyone plays their role and they've been really strong. And then have some selection decisions because they beat Gloucestershire in their, uh, the last group game and they were still missing a couple. You know, Abel's been out, Gregory and Overson been with England. So they're strong, but Lanks too. I mean, Liam Livingston is just box office, isn't he? I don't think there's a cricketer whose stock is higher in the world, I remember chatting not so long ago to Mike Watkinson of Lancashire. He played for Lancashire, skippered them, and was their director of cricket for years. And he was talking, I was talking with him about Jimmy Anderson coming through, and he said he actually brought up Livingston and said that when you when you're picking an academy, you have you know you pick four or five kind of medium pace bowlers that bowl line and length, a couple of good technically correct batsmen, a spinner or two, and a wicketkeeper or two, and then you have a couple of X factor players who might not be the much the best technically but there's just something about them that you see that could be really special and I think Livingston is now proving just how special he is and that is a pretty big wicket um, for Somerset to pick up Yeah certainly is and just lastly on Kent Birmingham our ex-Cambridge lad Chris Benjamin will be uh, strutting his stuff for Birmingham he's impre- impressed recently hasn't he? Yeah, what a find he was. I, I, Dan Weston and the team at Birmingham Phoenix picked him up before he'd even... Did he not? I think he made his 100 debut and then went back and played a list A game for Birmingham the following day or, or something like that. Um, but he's exciting and good on... I, I forget they are Birmingham, aren't they? Because there's been, they're a side in transition in many ways. They've lost some senior players, a change of coaching staff, but actually they're performing really well in all competitions and they'll have a few of their 
bigger names back camp, but Kent, I'm a big Kent fan. I think they, I mean, they they got through the group stages relatively comfortable, despite what happened in the last uh, couple of games with COVID and not being able to field the side. But they'll have, I mean, I'm struggling to think of a better opening two than Daniel Baldrummond and Zach Crawley in mm. white ball cricket. Like, I love Crawley in white ball cricket. I saw them both back together. Baldrummond is brilliant, and Crawley has these long arms. And he just picks the ball up so easily. So I think he'll almost turn into a better white ball cricketer than red ball cricketer. And uh, we're going to see lots of full houses this week as well, aren't we? Because I think the quarterfinal tickets were snapped up pretty quickly. I know at Somerset they were sold out within a couple of hours, so we're going to expect some cracking atmospheres as well. Oh, yeah, it's great. Um, yeah, we saw it on TV with the 100, and we'll see it again with the Blast. It'll be interesting to see how it is tonight at Chester the Street. How many... Well, it'll be a bit different to the usual Yorkshire T20 crowd, but, yeah, I, people are... So certainly people I've spoken to are, are very excited about getting into it because it's just the way restrictions work. I don't think any of the, certainly none of the Somerset home games were full houses. There was just a couple of thousand and it wasn't quite the same. Um, it didn't quite have the same atmosphere or level of tension. So hopefully that will come back and we will see some fantastic cricket. Quickly then, Sam, can you predict who will make finals day, your final four? Oh, I've got four, haven't I? Okay, so I, Kent, I really like. Uh, Somerset, but I'm going to let my hair, heart rule my head have to that the right way round. Um, but then I said it was, I do remember coming on this show and saying, oh, I don't think Somerset will do very well. Um, so I'm going to back them. I'm going to back Knots and, oh, Yorkshire Sussex. I think that could be the, that's the tightest one to call. Yorkshire have got a great lineup. They're missing a few, aren't they? Bairstow and Milan uh, in the England side. Oh, I'm going to go for Sussex. Why not? Going with Sussex. Lastly then, Sam, something slightly different. There was some news that broke today, surfaced this morning, that ECB executives uh, have taken a 2.1 million bonus and, and this has caused a bit of a stir on, on social media. You can tell us a bit more about this. Yeah, it has, and rightly so. And it's just not a good look. I, I have to confess to not being completely read into it. It, does, it doesn't surprise me that they're... I mean, they're never going to say who it is. Of course, they're not, they're, they're not going to share uh, details of people's employment contracts uh, with the wider world it just it doesn't look good it doesn't feel good i don't what did they make more than 50 staff redundant i just find that very difficult to yes it's pre-existing arrangements and i, I and there will no doubt be legal reasons uh, you know there'll be reasons why the ecb or the ecb will try and say well they can't get out of the payments and maybe it would be up to those individuals to forego them but it just <laughs> It doesn't feel right, does it, when you've got people that have lost their jobs and there are, what do they call it? It's a, They're not uncommon, these kind of exec retention schemes. When you look at the kind of money, uh, you just think it's just wrong. And it. Mm. Uh, what's this phrase used to be? It's just, you say it's just not cricket. Um, <laughs> so, yeah. yeah. No, no I'm, I'm sort of with you. It doesn't look great, is it? Like you say, a number of staff made redundant players had to you know, forgo some of their salary, weren't they, last year? Memberships were being handed back to clubs for members who said, no, you, you take them at the, at the good of their heart. It doesn't look, not a great look for the ECB. Sam, been great yeah. having you on there, mate. Really, really appreciate it. Thanks to, for coming on and talking up the T20 Blast quarterfinals. I'm sure we'll get you back on when the championship returns in September as well. Just lastly, when's the next County Cricket Matters podcast out? When's the next magazine out? Oh, the next magazine is in train. Annie is furiously, she's not furiously, she's editing, <laughs> she is editing it. Um, the podcast, we're going to be back oh, end of next week after the next round of the championship games, which we're very excited. Oh, Red Bull cricket. I've got, I've got three weeks off, so I'll be at three games. I've got a trip to Scarborough in the middle, so I cannot wait. Ooh, I might join you, Sam. Sam, appreciate you coming on, mate. You're very welcome. Sam's Allen there from County Cricket Matters talking all things T20 Blast, the first quarter-final of which gets underway in, what, about 10 minutes' time? Yorkshire Vikings against the Sussex Sharks. Cambridge 105 Radio From the Pavilion on Cambridge 105 Radio You're listening to From the Pavilion here on Cambridge 105 Radio. Ollie Slack with you. Alongside me, Nathan Johns, until 7 o'clock this evening. Also available on Apple Podcasts and Spotify Podcasts and also the Cambridge 105 Radio website if you want to listen back to the show. Right then, it's slightly later than normal, but it's time to get cracking with the quiz. And uh, this week it's the final quarter final 
of the competition. Needingworth defeated Islam last week. Sauce and Abraham have already beaten Histon. Likewise, Eaton Soken have already beaten Wisbeach. So Eaton Soken, Sauce and Abraham and Needingworth are the three sides in the semi-finals. Hoping to join them is our Longstanton or City of Ely. From Longstanton is James Minot and from City of Ely is Tom Beaumont. Evening, chaps. How are you doing? Evening, Ollie. Good, thanks, mate. How are you? Yeah, yeah, very well. Thank you, Tom. How's the how's the season been going over, over the last few weeks? Have you managed to get many games in? I imagine weather or some sort of COVID issues have been playing a part in a number of games being off. Yeah, there's been there's been a little bit of that for the whole whole summer, really, isn't there? Uh, but yeah, we, we've largely managed to get games in in the last few weeks. Um, we had a rain off Saturday against Longstanton, ironically enough. Um, but yeah, up until that point, we've managed we've managed to get a few in. So I think uh, we're we're kind of in the middle of the table at the moment with a game to go. So not where we probably aim to be at the start of the year, but not so bad at the end of the day. James, thanks for coming on the show, mate. How's the last few weeks been going for you? Um, yeah, all right. Um, well, last week was rained off as well. I can't remember what happened the week before. I got my mind's a, a, a sieve at the minute. <laughs> um, we've been doing all right, haven't we? More or less. I'm just padding up, Ollie. So can we get on with it? Oh, so, sorry, crikey! So I didn't realise you were in a rush. You at training tonight, then, James? <laughs> Yeah, at training, but it's only it's only two of us here, so I've got to get padded up. Oh, okay. So I'm, I'm, I'm holding holding Rob up, Rob up here. He's, he's it's a live feature from Longstanton <laughs> Nets. Do we do we not have enough time to talk about your little battle on the weekend? I heard Tom was telling me before the before we came on air that he beat you at pool. Is that right? Uh, we were two 0 up. We were doing it in pairs, and then uh, me and Jimmy, bit light bit lightweights we are, and we we sort of lost. Lost it after a few beers. That's that's the excuse, anyway. Just to clarify for the listeners that Longstanton played City of Ely on the weekend, and as Tom said, it looked like rain sort of played a part, and they ended up playing pool after, and uh, and by the sounds of things, City of Ely won. Will it be a repeat day? Who knows? Anyway, I'll get cracking then, James, because you sound like you're in a bit of a rush. Um, I don't need to explain the format to you two guys. You guys all understand from last time, but just for any listeners, both James and Tom will be going up against each other in a best-of-five contest. Each question will have six possible answers. The player going first will take a guess. If they're right, they get the point. If not, then play will pass across to their opponent, and it keeps going back and forth until one of them gets the point. To decide who is going first, they will answer a separate question with the closest answer wins. Hopefully that all makes sense, guys. Are you ready for the toss? Go on, then. Lovely. David Malan could make his return to England's test side against India on Wednesday at Headingley. How many runs, though, has he scored in his 15 tests to date? Tom, let's start with you. What do you reckon? Oh, um, well, obviously this is going to be a little bit of a guess. Uh, let's have a think. How many, sorry, how many tests did you say? 15 tests. 15 tests. Let's go for... I'll go for 720. 720. James, what do you reckon? Well, I know he averages about 28. And he's probably <laughs> okay. played 27, 28 innings. What's 28 times 28? I don't know you, the one who's in a rush, so I'm only doing maths now. Oh, what did he say, 720? Yeah. Oh Christ! Is it seven twenty one or seven nineteen? Well, I go for? with I go I go with seven twenty one. Seven. Oh, he's played the game there, isn't he? Very, very, very <laughs> cheeky indeed. The correct answer is I can't believe how close both of you got seven hundred and twenty four. Oh. oh, James, you've played. That I mean, I'm one boundary out and I've lost. <laughs> one boundary out and I've lost. Yeah, <laughs> you die with my lungs to blame for that. Definitely. James, so you've won the toss. You're going first. Here is question one. Are you ready? Yeah. Who scored 82 in the one-day cup final at Trent Bridge on Thursday, captaining their side to victory? Was it Scott Borthwick, Kieran Carlson, Cameron Bancroft, Hamish Rutherford, Billy Root or Alex Lees? Can you say him again? Scott Borthwick, Kieran Carlson, Cameron Bancroft, Hamish Rutherford, Billy Root and Alex Lees. Hope you're not using that opportunity to Google it whilst I repeat the No, answer. no, no, Scott Borthwick. You're going with Scott Borthwick? <clears throat> Incorrect, okay. I'm afraid. It gets thrown over to Tom. What do you reckon, Tom? Uh, well, I, I know that Glamorgan won. Uh, I didn't see it, so I'll go with a Glamorgan player and I'll go for Kieran Carlson. 
You going with Kieran Carlson? I will. And you'd be right too. He did score 82 in the match. Fantastic knock and was the man lifting the trophy at the end as skipper. So 1-0 to Tom. Nathan, you've got question two for us. Yes, Tom. Your chance to go 2-0 up. Question two is, in the second test between West Indies and Pakistan, it's currently coming to a close. Who scored a century in the first innings of the match? Was it Babar Azam, Fawad Alam, Craig Brathway, Jason Holder, Azar Ali or Kieran Powell? Uh, well, fortunately, I, I saw this on Facebook, I believe. I think it was Fawad Alam. Good work. indeed. Good work, Tom. 2-0 yeah. up. Bit of pressure on this for you, James. You ready? I bet James was 2-0 yeah. up at Paul on Saturday, so... <laughs> <laughs> Oh. Is it rolls reverse tonight? James, question three for you is which team scored the most points in the group phase of the men's and women's 100? Was it Birmingham Phoenix men, Southern Brave men, Trent Rockets men, or was it Southern Brave women, Oval Invincibles women, or Manchester Originals women? Which team scored the most points? I'll go with Birmingham Phoenix men. You're going with Birmingham Phoenix men? Of course, Liam Livingston, the star of the show. But he wasn't part of the side that scored the most points. Tom, to wrap it up, a whitewash. Well, I, I think Birmingham Phoenix did come top of the men, so I guess it must be the women's team then, and I, I think that was the Southern Brave. Is he right? For 3-0? He is. That is That's a great process of elimination, that. That is Love that. as ruthless as it gets. Well done, Tom. Well done, mate. In fairness to you, James, you did say you wanted it to be over quickly and you got your wish. How do you feel, mate? Uh, no, uh, a bit sick, but especially with the lads here giving me stick. But, well. <laughs> James, thanks very much for coming on the show. I do appreciate it. Tom, how do you feel? Uh, yeah, yeah, pretty good. I've got, got some good questions for myself there that I either knew or could work out. Um, obviously happy I could help James get back in the nets quickly so he can score some runs on Saturday. Uh, honestly, the banter is flying and the stick is getting thrown across as well. Who do you fancy in the uh, in the semi-finals? Eaton Soak and Sauce and Abraham or Needhamworth? Oh, do you, do you not know who I've got yet then? No, draws next week. You've got to tune in. Oh, OK. Well, Needhamworth are in our division, so I, I guess I'll I'll, uh, I'll ask for Needhamworth as I'll probably know a few more of them. <laughs> Okie dokie. Tom, thanks for your time, mate. Well played. Wonderful. Cheers, Ollie. Thanks, guys. Nathan, it was a, a wild watch. It was an easy win for Tom, wasn't it? That was, wasn't it? I tell you what, he says he's looking at things on Facebook or whatever. He's just done his homework, hasn't he? Maybe. He's just he's he, he's just come prepared and it's and it's worked out well for him. So so fair play to Tom. Also, how close were they for the toss? I don't think we've ever had anyone no. within three runs of the right number. Slight, that was incredible. Yeah, slightly dubious, I think, when James was taking so long to answer that he's got his mate next to him whilst he's padding up. But maybe I'm being a bit cynical. Okay. It clearly didn't work, did it? You lost 3-0. <laughs> no, no, it's true. It's true. We've got two questions left. We'll answer them. We'll ask them to Nathan at the end of the show if we have a bit of time. But up next, we'll be rounding up the uh, the local game, the East Anglian Premier League, and the Camden Hunt wrap to come. Cambridge From the Pavilion on Cambridge 105 Radio. Let's start in the East Anglian Premier League then and Sorsen and Abraham extended their lead at the top of the table thanks to a very narrow one-wicket win away to Mildenhall. The result means that the league leaders just need 27 points from their remaining three games to clinch the title. In a rain-affected game, Sorsen and Abraham restricted their host to just 107 for three of 28 overs before the weather intervened. They were rather bizarrely set at then a revised target of 171 from 28 overs and it took a 10th wicket partnership of 28 to see the league leaders over the line with number eight batsman Alex Stafford's unbeaten 25 or 21 balls proving to be the crucial knock. And he spoke to Nathan after the match. I always get a little bit nervous on the sidelines. I was pretty confident of the total, to be honest. I thought we'd do it a little bit easier than we did. But uh, yeah, a little bit nervous beforehand, but you sort of settle in. Once you get your first boundary, it always gets a little bit easier. Yeah, you hit two in total in your innings. You hit 25 of 20, 20, <laughs> a lot. Of 21. Yeah, but you, you still struck it over 100. So you must have approached it quite quite well, you know, run hard, hit your gaps, that type of thing. 
Yeah, a few, few, uh, few dodgy run-out opportunities, but uh, yeah, I had to get... I wasn't hitting them too clean, so I had to be running between the wickets pretty well. I, I think I was batting with Guesty at the start. So if you don't bat well, if you don't run well with Guesty, you're in trouble. If my maths is correct, you need 27 points with three games left to secure the title. Barring any horrific luck with the weather, of course, that's one win and two bonus points. Knowing that, how do you approach these last three games then? Yeah, absolutely. I think we approach the same as we've approached every game so far. You know, we just worry about what turning up on Saturday and Heaty's very good at winning tosses and we go out there and we, we do our skills. It's a pretty relaxed atmosphere and, you know, we're enjoying it. We found a bit of a method. We've, we're pretty successful at home. So with two of those home games out of those three, you'd hope that we get, get those wins. But as I say, nothing's guaranteed in this league. So it's not about sitting back. So the earliest opportunity you can do it is away at Great Witching. And would that be a nice little storyline to win at, win at, away at the, sec- at the second place team? Uh, as I say, let's just focus on the Granta game. Hard to look ahead of that. Obviously, those things, the earlier we win the league, the better. So I guess so, yeah, but the Grant is our main focus. We've lost them already this season. They may not be have done so well, but they're good against good teams. So it's going to be a good game against them. A lot of you know local rivals, we've been playing against these guys and with these guys for the last 15 years for most of us. So just got to get that game over and done with at our place and then go forwards. Saffron Warden returned to winning ways in another nail-biter, seeing off Copdock and Old Ipswichian by nine runs. Our good friend Alex Sears, knock of 88, helped Walden post 233 before the away side fell agonisingly short. Joe Everett returned for his second spell to take the last three wickets and see the game out, finishing with three for 26. Burnley Sink lost on the road as they came up short against Bury St Edmunds. Burwell's first inning effort of 212 always looked a little light, and so it proved to be as Bury chased a revised target of 199 from 44 overs for the loss of just three wickets. Cambridge were due to take on second place Great Witchingham, but that one was cancelled, and that cancellation was a big help to Sawson Babraham as they extended their lead at the top to 49 points now. So Cambridge stay as they were in sixth despite not playing, but Saffron Walden have narrowed the gap to 15 points in 7th. Berlexing's loss was matched by bottom side Horsford, so they remain level on points, occupying 11th and 12th respectively. Next week then, Sawson Abraham could have one hand on the trophy as they take on Cambridge, a win for them, and then all they'd need is just two points from their remaining two games to seal it. Berlexing host Mildenhall and Saffron Walden welcome Horsford. Moving on now, and it's as you were in the top division of the Camden Hunts Premier League since Eaton Soak and Histon were both rained off. They were playing Sanford Town and Foxham, respectively. Wisbech in March also fell foul of the weather, meaning that we only have two results to tell you about from this league. And in one of them, Cambridge St. Giles saw off Cambridge by 22 runs at Dry Drayton. Zahir Hussain top scoring there with 65 of 33 balls as St. Giles posted 195 for six in their 20 overs. In reply, Felix Serby's unbeaten 80 wasn't enough as Cambridge ended up on 173 for seven. So very high scoring 20 over game there. And then the other completed action of the week, Ramsey saw off St. Ives Town and Warboys by a margin of 28 runs. Kieran Judd and Ben Saunders both hit half centuries as Ramsey's total of 239 for three was adjusted by DL to a target of 204 off 50 overs. And despite skipper Jack Haycock 67 at the top of the order, Three fours for three fours for Sam Valance and Jordan Cavaki proved to be crucial as Ramsey defended their total. So, like we said, there looking at the table, Eaton, Soken, and Histon still occupy the top two spots. And then a little bit further back, we have Foxton and Wisbet rounding up the top four. St Giles in fifth, March in sixth, Stanford in seventh, and then eighth, ninth, and tenth, we have Ramsey, Cambridge, and Saint Eyes. Now, in Division Two. Newmarket and Old Lesians are now level in second after Newmarket's 132-run thrashing of Huntingdon. 308 for 8 was a massive total of just 40 overs. ZF Kalassi top scoring with 107. And in response, Huntingdon came up well short. Freddie Statham had a very good day with the ball there with his figures of 4 for 30. Lesians themselves were reined off, as were the league leaders Blunham, whose lead has been narrowed to just 10 points, albeit they do have a game in hand. And then finally, Division 3, more rain, sadly, as Burrell and Exling and Eden Soaking so- rained off. Wisbech did get a game in, but it did not go their way as Biggleswade saw them off with a, a comfortable 110-run victory. Yeah, in other matches, Cambridgeshire were playing today over the last three days, in fact, Sunday, Monday and Tuesday. But unfortunately, it's not good news. They needed to defeat 
Norfolk to stand any chance of avoiding relegation in the Eastern Division 1. But it isn't to be. They've lost that game by four wickets. It started badly on day one when they were bowled out for 177. Norfolk replied with 285. Cambridge then posted 240. But Norfolk needed 133 to win. They did so. Lost six wickets, though. So it probably got a little bit nervy at times. But as I say, not enough for Cambridgeshire to avoid the drop. So a really good white ball season for Cams. Not so much in the red ball. As I said, it was a must-win for Cambridgeshire. They didn't manage to do so. They finished the Eastern Division 1 bottom and they'll be relegated to Division 2 for next season. There was a fantastic win in the Women's East Anglian Premier League on the weekend for Triplo against Woolpit. They won by 222 runs. Incredible victory. They posted 314 for 8 of 39.5 overs. Captain Izzy Routledge scoring 179 in 124 balls. 32 fours, 1-6. I think, might not be corrected, but I think I've seen on social media it's Triplo's highest ever score across the club, men's and women's. Fantastic stuff from Isabella Rattler. She has been in some amazing form this year. Amazing, amazing form. Anyway, Woolpit could only manage, unfortunately, 91 for 9 of 26.1 overs. They did have a revised target. I presume there was a little bit of rain, and when I mean a little bit, I mean a very small amount because the target of 315 was adjusted to 314 from 40 overs. So brilliant win for the ladies there. They are now top of the East Anglian Premier League table. They lead Melton St Audrey's by seven points. Both have got four games left. There's also plenty of action to tell you about with Cambridgeshire's senior sides, but unfortunately it was not to be for both the over 50s and the over 60s last week in their respective county championship knockout matches. We'll start with the 50s who lost to Essex in the last 16. Nigel Gadsby spoke to us last week and mentioned how wary they were of Giles Eccleston, the Saffron Walden batsman who struck 116 in 131 balls to help Essex set 209 for 8 off 45 overs before Cams fell, sadly, 74 runs short. And then in the over 60s, they suffered a six-week loss to Kent in the quarterfinals. And despite Gadsby in their ranks, who was averaging over 400 before the match, Cams could only post 180 for 6 off their 45 before the away side chased it down with 14 balls left. Yeah, so a disappointing finish to a pretty good campaign for both the over 50s and the 60s, and likewise for the Cam's men's side as well, who did so well in the white ball formats. Unfortunately, couldn't replicate that in the Red Bull stuff. After the break, we'll be catching up with Gary Ellis from Horseheath ahead of their final, the CCA Invitation Cup final against Abington on Sunday. Looks to be a cracking match, that does. From the Pavilion, on Cambridge 105 Radio. Yeah, before we come on to the CCA Cup Finals, just another fixture to tell you about. As the Sunrisers are back in Cambridge this bank holiday weekend, on Monday, in fact, I believe, if I've got my calendar in order, which I have, yeah, Monday, and they start at 2 o'clock at Fenners, and they're taking on Western Storm. So there's going to be some fabulous players on show. And your shrub soul for Western Storm and Heather Knight as well, of course, the England captain. Now, not often you'll get to see them in Cambridge, so... Make sure you go along. It sounds like it's going to be a fantastic day. You can get tickets on the Sunrisers website, sunrisescricket.com forward slash tickets. So a fantastic day in prospect for the Sunrisers and Western Storm. Always lovely to play at Fenners as well, as I'm sure as I'm sure Nathan uh, will agree. Now, before we come on to the Invitation Cup final, let's quickly recap the T20 Walker Cup final from the weekend just gone, where Histon 2s were victorious. They were taking on Needingworth in the final. Histon bowled first and restricted their opponents to 138 for 6. In response, the runs were pretty much shared out across the Histon top order, and despite being 112 for 6 at one stage, Christajan Alfeldi and Pradzala saw them home, resulting in a four-wicket victory. I caught up with skipper Matt Charles the day after the result to see if victory tasted any sweeter 24 hours later. I think it was fair to say we probably weren't the favourites for it, playing a team from the league above, but yeah, we always knew what we, were, uh, we could do on the day. And yeah, I think we were pretty delighted with it and uh, yeah, celebrated quite well. And I think a few of the lads um, yeah, enjoyed that one more than more than any other. <laughs> we'll come on to the celebrations in just a bit. But you mentioned not being the favourites, doing very, very well in senior two. Did you not fancy chances a little bit? Um, I think we had a bit of confidence in ourselves and what we could do. 
but I think my message certainly was the pressure's on them. Uh, maybe that's just the skipper talking and trying to take the pressure off his boys. But <laughs> yeah, I think there was obviously some sort of expectation that yeah, we can go and do well, but we're not too, we weren't too fussed about uh, where we are. We we knew that we're playing a team from the league above, and we wanted to go out there and show that we're ready for that league next year. But we didn't, wouldn't say we were feeling favourites. That's it as well. Within the game, there's a little battle as well that both teams could be playing each other next year because yourselves, as I said, doing really well in Senior 2, needing worth in Senior 1, and they'll hope to stay there towards the back end of this season. It's almost like a what's to come. <laughs> yeah, uh, longer format would suggest that a few of their boys won't be teeing off quite like they did at the start <laughs> of their innings. But yeah, no, it's good to test yourselves early on, I guess, a year a year before it happens but I think yeah we showed that we're ready for that battle when it comes around and yeah I think we're uh, looking good and senior two hopefully we can wrap that up this weekend um, and enjoy the last game of the season on the 4th of September 112 for 6 at one point chasing the late 130s were you nervous at all the skipper how were you feeling how were your nerves <laughs> uh, I enjoyed it put it that way at the end uh, <laughs> I sense there might have been a few though. Yeah, uh, 112 for six. Um, I was, yeah, sat in the, well, not in the, well, not the dugout, but sat under the uh, balcony, yeah, the archway. And yeah, I don't think I moved too much until um, the postman started delivering the sixes over the boundary. Um, and that, yeah, started settling some nerves. But yeah, no, I think we were always confident with the batting lineup. Um, I chose the bowl at the, at the toss because the bowling lineup was nowhere near as strong as the batting lineup. Um, we were batting all the way down to 11, to be honest with you. Come on then, how'd you celebrate? <laughs> Just a few beers at the ground um, and then, yeah, tried to head back to the pub and just enjoyed it ourselves, which was nice. Um, but again, we know that our season's not done, so it wasn't an overkill, uh, but it was a historic moment for the club, so we needed to make sure we had a few beers with it. Yeah. It was the first time the club had ever reached the Walker Cup final in the first place, so it was even better to go that one step further than just reaching it to actually win it and bring it home. I was going to say a nice moment for, for yourselves, the second team, because the first team have done so well over over recent years. They've sort of grabbed the headlines. Nice to spread the, the joy and the celebrations amongst the club. Yes, yeah, certainly. Uh, the first team have really set the standard, like you say, over the last few years. And I think that's kind of now escalating through the club. I think we always have the chats at the start of the year. But yeah, we came, uh, we came at the start of the year, myself and Keeble, my assistant captain, and yeah, we kind of wanted to maybe up ourselves as well to wire the first team out with their preparations for a game, um, certainly. I think the third team have done the same, so actually it's looking like a pretty good year for the whole club. Uh, hopefully the first team can get the job done against Foxton on Saturday and the twos can do the same um, away at Blanchisham and the thirds can do it over away as well. That was Matt Childs of Histon Twos chatting after their victory over Needingworth in the CCA T20 Walker Cup final on Sunday. Big congrats to them. Let's preview the Invitation Cup final now, which gets underway this Sunday. Abington against Horseheath. Gary Ellis joins us now, Horseheath captain, to chat about the match. Evening, Gary. How are you doing, mate? I'm fine then, Ollie. Ain't you? Yeah, yeah, very well, thank you, mate. Not, not too long ago, we were chatting about your fantastic league form and how well you were doing. And now we're saying exactly the same in the in the cups. Yes, uh, uh, throughout the season we've, we've played pretty well uh, on Saturdays and Wednesdays and and in the cups on Sundays we we narrowly missed out beating Histon Histon in the, the quarterfinals and they went on and won it, which uh, they're a good side. And um, after Saturday's result of us with no of the rained off game, it looks like we're going to have to settle for runners up in the uh, in the league as well. But in the whole, it's been a pretty good season. Yeah, still get promoted, don't you? Second place in in senior two, though. Yes. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I just I had it clarified on Saturday night because of <laughs> Bluntishan's unfortunate COVID outbreak or whatever wherever it was. Yeah. Uh, and they've got cancelled and they can't replay it. So uh, we did a did us a favour really and and made it secure. So. Going into Saturday's this Saturday's game, there's, there's little pressure on us, and we can look look forward to the final on Sunday. Yeah, like many other clubs that have been affected this season, but your, your cup run's been—I don't want to say as good as your league form, Gary, because you know, a league season is over, of course, so many months. But in terms of the teams you've beaten in your cup run, it's 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 incredible, really. There's some there's some big sides in there. Chatterer's first team, needing with first team, of course, sides who play above you. Yes, yeah. They're... 
well, they're the teams we're going to be looking at playing next year. Well, there you uh, go, yeah. Along, it's a, a good taster, and, I guess. And, and, yeah, and alongside Abington, we play Abington on a regular basis a couple of times a year in our midweek league, but we haven't played them on a Saturday or a Sunday for, for a while. So, yeah, it's, again, Abington's up there in, in senior one, so, you know, we've, we've, we've held our own. So we're looking forward to next year uh, being promoted and, like I say, beating Chatteris, beating Needingworth, uh, and hopefully beating Abington, but they have stuffed us twice this year already, so <laughs> we're not counting our chickens too much. Back yourselves, Gary, you'll be fine. Nathan, yeah. um, it's, it's, it's incredible, really. Lots of times when we've spoke about cup runs this year, we've been saying how teams haven't been doing very well in the league, and it's been a nice distraction for them, the cup competition, but Horseheath proving that when you get on a run and you get in good form, it's hard to stop them. Good teams just have good results, don't they, most yeah. of the time? Or at least, at least you'd like to think, so it's... Yeah, it's really positive to see that that being rewarded, and you know, teams who are who are playing good cricket are doing well in, across both formats. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Your individual form's been been pretty good as well, Gary. A couple of wickets in the semi final against Needingworth. Is this competition the Invitation Cup final? Is this one of the the most prestigious out of the four cup finals, or the most prestigious? I was speaking to Martin Livermore at the CCA a couple of years ago, asking which one was regarded as the, the pinnacle, and I believe he said it's the Invitation Cup final. Is that is that right as far as you're concerned? Yeah, well, it is, it's technically all, all the teams in senior league playing it, so you're not playing, you're not playing uh, lesser teams, not like, again, they're all the same, but over a longer format, under your normal format, I would say it's a bit like test cricket, that argument. You know, it's, it's over the long, longer format, not the 2020 stuff, which occasionally you can... Come off, we have a good bat. One good batsman come off, or a good bowler come off, and the game can be over in five or six overs. Where on the longer format, you've got to, you've got to sit in there and grind in sometimes and uh, and make your way. And, and it it can it ebb and flows all the time. So yeah, you you don't ever know who's going to win because you know I'll be in loads of situations when you think you're dead and buried and you end up winning it. <laughs> so you know it's it's just it's just a better form of the game, I think. Uh, the forty-five overs. Yeah. Uh, so on on that format, you know, I would say is the better one of the two that we play for. And and just quickly as well, I believe you reached the semi final in twenty seventeen as well. Have, have you reached the final before? Yes, uh, I played in the final I think four times over my over my long career, over twenty <laughs> twenty five years or 30, 30, 30 years with Horsey. Uh I think we've won it once in that time when I lost the other three. Uh, but yeah, it's you know it is what it is. You know, uh, on the day you can, you can play as much good cricket as you want, but on the day you know just like so you need a little bit of luck your way. A couple of your players hit a bit of form, come off a couple of bowlers, take a couple of good catches, uh, and it can it can go either way. So yeah, it's, you just got to play it on the day. Uh, we're playing quite well. Right, so we've got a good squad. We've got a full full team on Sunday. So yeah, looking forward to it. Just really quickly as well, because we want to chat about England against India in the third test. But what will your message be to the, the players before you before you walk out exiting? I imagine you've done plenty of captain speeches before before cup finals. You know, no, no, we don't do that actually. But if I was to say anything to them, I said just go out there and enjoy yourself. If you enjoy yourself, you'll end up you'll end up playing well. And it's the same as anything. You play well, you enjoy it, uh, you have a laugh, uh, and you should come out on top. But it doesn't always work like that. But you know. Just, just be yourself, do, do what we've done all season. Well, it's Abington against Horseheath in the CCA Invitation Cup final. That gets underway Sunday, 1 o'clock at Exning. Let's turn our attention to the Test match then. England-India, the third test at Headingley, starts tomorrow. Nathan, what do you make of England's chances to try and level the series at 1-0? Well, it's based on the top form of the top order. You're, you know, it's... It, the question is, how many runs is Root going to get, isn't it? Um, I mean, you'd hope Dawood Milan, come, you'd hope Dawood Milan comes in and changes something, but um, yeah, and, and obviously no, no Markwood as well. So that's you know who's who's going to be the, the pace option there. So it's tough to look past form and injuries and and look and say that England's you know they're going to be up against it, aren't they? Yeah, they certainly they certainly are. Gary, how do you see the the third test going? Tomorrow, Nathan saying England need top order runs. Do you think Dawid Malan and Hasib Hamid can provide that? They're more than capable of doing it. Whether they do it or not, it's again, it's, it's a different level. Again, you use a step up and you're under the spotlight, you're under pressure. It's the same with England footballers. They, they, they don't seem to play well for the country, but 
we just need a bit of stability up there. You know, we don't want our number three going in uh, or number four going in at twenty for three again. So it, yeah, it's, it's all, it all it all boils down to whether they can get a half decent start. And if you get a half decent start, then it makes it easier for everybody else down the order. It really does. Yeah. How difficult do you think it will be for some of those England batsmen, though, Nathan? I mean, I guess a couple have been taken out the firing line now, like Dom Sibley. But already in the, in the first couple of matches, you know, a few Indian bowlers have had their numbers, and, and when they're running into bowl, they'll be they'll be well, obviously not scared, but they'll be pretty tentative, you imagine, because that's a fearsome Indian bowling attack. Well, someone like Dal Milan, he's not going to be tentative at all. That's, this, is, this is not in his nature, I don't think. And obviously, he doesn't have that scarring from the from the first couple of tests, and then. You know, someone like Hamid, how is he is he gonna put that first innings at look dismissal at Lords out of his head? I mean you'd hope so, but that's really brutal when you're that nervous and you just don't move your front foot and get completely cleaned up. So, you know, it's we're gonna learn a lot about him in this game. Um someone like Burns as well, you know, he's been, you know, the closest to England's best top order player, I guess, if you wanna say that apart from Root. So you'd hope that, you know, he, he he's got enough credit in the bank. So you know, it, a lot depends on on what, what Milan can do, and then how how much Hamid has put that first innings dismissal at Laura's out of his head. The big one for me though is I'd love to see Mahmood get a bowl um, instead of Wood. I think he's probably more of a similar bowler to Wood than than Overton, and something that you know I heard a lot of during the rounds when being in the rounds, you know, cricket changing room there was you know his ability to reverse swing his ability to reverse swing the ball. Yeah. Is, uh, is something that doesn't get in red ball cricket isn't something that gets talked about a lot because he's been so good with the white ball recently so I'd love to see him get a go Gary in one word Mahmood or Overton who are you plucking tomorrow? Ooh, I'd probably go Mahmood Mahmood if I, was to, if I, if I had to pick one <laughs> Gary thanks so much for your time this evening really appreciate it mate and uh, all the best on Sunday Thank you very much Ollie cheers Nathan thanks. great to chat to you as ever Cheers Ollie pleasure yeah, we're looking forward to having you back on next week, and I'm sure we'll discuss more of uh, Nathan's highlights from the hundred as well over the over the next few weeks. If you've got any <laughs> golden nuggets for us, eh? Yeah, maybe one or two. Maybe. So that is all we've got time for on this week's show. Thank you very much for tuning in. Thank you also if you've been listening on the podcast, either Cambridge105.co.uk or via Apple Podcasts or Spotify Podcast too. We'll be back next week, Tuesday at 6 o'clock here on Cambridge 105 Radio. Just three shows left until we're done. We really do appreciate all of you listening in throughout the season. It's been great fun. Until next week, please stay safe and well, and we'll hear from us again very soon. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.